This is PFA Conversations presented by the Professional Footballers Association. I'm your host, Marcus Fjortoft, and welcome to PFA Conversations, where we this week speak to Les Ferdinand, the PFA Players Player of the Year winner in 95-96 season, a Premier League legend and now Director of Football at Queen's Park Rangers. Rather than focusing on his playing career in great detail, we will discuss his retirement from football and what he wishes he knew back then. We also explore how he establishes a strong culture and what he looks for in players and managers. Lastly, we'll touch on the topics of confidence and renewal and what success means to Les Ferdinand. Please join us for PFA Conversations with Les Ferdinand. I want to take you back to 2006, a few months short of your 40th birthday. You retire. What's going through your mind in terms of next steps after that? Um, I weren't quite sure. Um, I'd always, you know, thought about what, what I go into coaching, what I go into management, and, and I got to be honest, I didn't think the management option would be one for me, um, because I'd seen a lot of players um, retire, a lot of players, black players, retire and not be able to get into the in, into the, into the management role. So I didn't think that was going to be an option open to me. So um, I came out and I kind of went into the media side of things because it was it was kind of like an easy transition and because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I felt doing the media side would keep me involved in football without having to go into training ground day in day out. I think I needed a break from that to be honest with you. Once mm-hmm. I I came out of the game um, and it just gave me a bit of time to to think about what I wanted to go back in and do. What do you know now that you wish you knew back then? <laughs> What do I know now? Um, I suppose, do you know what, I'm really, I'm really happy with the path that I took um, and I think I gave myself time. Uh, and everyone looks, you know, when I speak to people now and they say, you know, I ended my career at Watford, I, I, didn't, I didn't play for Watford. Uh, Watford wanted me to sign and I kind of went and detrained myself out of football mm-hmm. because I think most footballers, all of a sudden, you retire from football and it's just, it stops, you know. You, you stop going into a training ground. You just wake up in the morning. You're not a professional footballer anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that um, Aidy Buford, that was the, the manager at uh, Watford at the time, wanted me to to play again, I thought I went all through pre-season. I did all the training and all that. But all the ways in the back of my mind, I wasn't going to play. And I, I more or less said to him, I don't, I, I don't think I want to play again. Um, but he said, we'll keep coming in training and blah 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 blah. So I did, and then he and then he asked me to do a little bit with the forwards, and that kind of like got my interest in 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 terms of coaching. Sort of like piqued my interest a little bit, and so I thought I'd do my my, my go on to do my B badge, and then I came, I left Watford um, after sort of like training every day, two days a week, three days a week, and then down to two one, and then I stopped, and I thought right, okay, I'm ready for the next chapter. Uh, went into the, the media side of things, did that for a little while. And then got the opportunity to go back into Spurs and coach at, uh, at Spurs. And even then, when I went back into the, the, the coaching side of things with uh, Harry Redknapp brought me back into to Spurs. Um, you know, Harry has quite a lot of coaches around. Um, so you, you felt at times that you were just standing around not doing what you really wanted to do. And so I got bored of it for a little bit. And then um, myself, Tim Sherwood and Chris Ramsey took over the 2021s at Spurs and then really started to enjoy working with the players, seeing them coming through. and and being able to have a voice that got them an opportunity in the first team. And so I enjoyed that part of it. But at the same time, I was always saying to Chris, do you know what, I think I want to do that director of football role, you know, sporting director role. 
Um, I think there's not enough uh, players that come out of the English game um, and go into it. Uh, when you look in, you know, when you look on, on at the foreign countries, uh, European countries, sorry, um, you find a lot of ex-players come out and go into the sporting director role. Um, so why do you think that is? In terms, why, why, where, wherein lies the cultural difference? Why is it not as common here? Um, I, I really don't. I don't really don't understand why. Um, and maybe because the the role was a seen role on the continent a lot longer than it has been mm -hmm. in this country, and so it was an it, it was almost like a natural progression for some players to come out and go into that role because um, you know owners own football clubs and you know they they get quite close to some players. Uh, you know, some of the owners do get close to the players, and then there's a natural progression into a role that they feel those players can help with. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's what happened on the continent a little bit more than it happened over here in the, in the UK. Um, but it's it's changing now, and I, I'm finding more and more players coming out now seeking this this pathway as a as a route of staying in football. Part of that pursuit was taking the PFA Effective Board Member Program. You did mm -hmm. that a year before you got the role here. Mm -hmm. What are some of the greatest insights you gained from that formal education, if you may? I think it was uh, it was seeing the other side of the, 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 the fence really, you know, when you're a footballer, you're quite selfish. You go in and, in, in, when I say you're selfish, you're, you're quite selfish and you've just got to keep yourself as fit as you possibly can. And you go out and you perform for the team and you do your best for the team. Um, whatever goes on in the football club, the other side of the football club, you think the football club will take care of. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter, they'll take care of it, they'll take care of it. If we've got to go pre-season, if we've got to do this, if we've got to do that, the club will take care of it. What it gave me was an insight into Football clubs have budgets yep. and they have to work to those budgets and um, no matter what you think as a player, those budgets are still in place and, um, you know, it gave me a real good insight into it. and it, one of the amazing things was when I looked at uh, outside of the Premier League, when you looked at the Championship, when you looked at the League One, League Two, um, they, they did this budgetary thing and nine times out of ten, teams finished where their budget were mm. um, in these these leagues and it was like it was uncanny to look at how much this team spent and where they finished and, and so on and it just filtered down and you'd have one anomaly out of a lot of them where you know one team might have the lowest budget but finish in that top six place but um, the rest of it was pretty much pretty much strict and so it gave me a real good insight into what goes on on the other side of the fence. Obviously you learn that in theory and mm -hmm. then it's about applying that, the practical <laughs> bits. Um, when you come into that new role then, we often attribute a successful organization with a, with a strong culture, mm -hmm. uh, a good culture. How do you go by it? And how did you go by it when you attempted to establish that in, in the beginning and, and even now? I think if, if I'm being honest, when I, when I joined the club, the culture was all over the place in terms of what we were doing um, and how we were doing it. And I think we're now, uh, the budget's changed. We, we've decreased the budget by 80%, uh, maybe a little bit more since uh, I've come through the door. And, you know, that's just not my doing. That's just the owner saying, <laughs> you're not getting the money. So right. this is what you've got to do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in terms of, of culture, we had to change it. Um, we had uh, a lot of senior players earning good money that probably had no value to the football club. And, and, and saying they didn't have no value is probably being a little bit disrespectful because they did get the, the club promoted at one stage. But then once we got promoted and, and then got relegated again, um, when I say there was no value, there was no sell-on value in all those players. They were mm. of an age where 
you could probably, you possibly couldn't sell them on for any more money. And so we were doing lots of paying outs and and and, and cancelling people's contracts, but I had to pay to cancel those contracts um, because the situation. And we just had to change the culture of what was going on here, and we had to do things a, a little bit more holistically. How did you let people know what you expected from them? How is that form of communication like? I think it has to come from the top. So it has to come from the owners and everyone has to see the vision and understand it. Um, and, and we all did. So once you're all aligned, it's, it's very easy to, to, to put your, 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 your it's very easy to, to tell people what the situation is mm -hmm. when everyone's on board with what the situation is. So from the top, we knew this is what we had to do. So then that's easy to communicate to people because this is the way we're doing things now. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no, um, well, I'll go and speak to him then or I'll go and speak to him because the answer will always come back the same. And, and until we had that as a football club, um, made things very, very difficult. From your playing career then, your upbringing even, which individual clubs had the biggest impact on you within this context, within creating that, that culture? Um, I mean, to be to be honest, when I was here at QBR at the beginning, we had a really good culture here. Mm -hmm. Everyone understood where the club was. Um, there was a good manager in place. There was a couple of good managers in place who, you know, identified with the culture of the football club and, and, and kept fin things on an even keel. Um, but I'd probably going to, to, to Newcastle was probably the, the, the eye-opener for, for me. And I always remember the late, great Ray, Ray Wilkins. He, um, he said to me, when you go to a big club, you'll understand how things run. And I went to Newcastle and they saw themselves as a big club and the way they, um, the culture and the way they ran the football club and um, in line with what the manager wanted and what, what the club needed, um, that probably opened my eyes to. What did that look, what did that look, what did that feel like being around that? Um, and listen, we, we, we should have won the league in the first year that mm -hmm. was there. And that was because of the culture and the, the, the togetherness and the, the understanding of what, not just what the, the, the football club wanted, but what it meant to the, 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 the people of Newcastle as well. So it was, everything was entwined. Mm -hmm. um, so everything we did was kind of like for them right. and everything the club did was for them. Um, so um, it, was, um, it, was a, it was a massive eye-opener. You mentioned briefly when you first came in, I was going to ask on the contrary, what does the other side look like? What are the warning signs they have to look out for when there is a, there is a poorer culture there? That's it. You have to you, you you look at the culture, and that's the thing you have to you have to mend. Um, and like I said, everybody has to get on board with that and understand this is where the ship needs to sail, and everybody needs to be sailing in the mm -hmm. the right direction. Unfortunately, you know sometimes you go into a football club, and some people are uh, rowing starboard, and others are right. rowing port. You know what I mean? And, and and you've got to get everybody aligned and uh, moving in the right direction. Into recruitment then, and I guess part of one of the few controllables you have when recruiting a player or manager even is what culture do they come into, setting the foundation for them to succeed as best possible. What does a less Ferdinand player look like? What would you expect of me if I came in? What would I expect of you? I think that it's, you, do you know what? It's a, it's a situation that we all sit down and, and, and talk about. Um, mm. Uh, we, we, we expect players to come in and integrate with what, we, what we're doing here um, to understand uh, and we, we set all these things out before we... I think nowadays um, the due diligence checks on, on players are so big. Um, we, we look at not just uh, who they are uh, as a player, 
but we look at who they are as a human being as well, because mm -hmm. um, that's important. Um, to buy into what we're doing, uh, understand it, understand what we're doing, and that these are all the things that we relay to, to people before they come through the door. We do loads of ground checks to see what they've been like, where they are, where they've been before, and do they fit into the way we see, we see things. Mm -hmm. From a manager standpoint, then, is there a certain philosophy, a certain set of values that a manager has to abide to when you, when you as a club, look at the next appointment? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, um, you know, we know how QBR have always had a, a an identity of how they they like to play. You know, way before I was here as a footballer, the, you know, the Stan Bowles, the Rodney Marsh era, you know, even before them, QBR have, have always had this um, philosophy in the way they played football. Mm -hmm. um, so what we try to do is pe bring people in that's going to match that. You know, in, in the days before I, I was a player here and when I was a player here, you know, you always used to hear people say, look, I'm not a QPR fan, I'm, I support Tottenham or I support uh, Arsenal or whoever it was in, whoever else it was in London. But they used to say when their team played away from home, they came to QPR because they knew they'd see a good game, a, a good game of football. Um, so we, we've tried to keep that culture going. So all the managers that come through the door play a, a brand of football that um, the supporters enjoy. We've probably got that wrong once. Um, but in the rest of them that's come through the door, they've, um, they've all played that brand of football. But again, it's doing our due diligence, doing our, our checks and making sure they fit with the brand that is QPR. And that comes from the top, like I said, um, from the owners. We, 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 we sit down and say what we want for our football club, how we want our football club to be re represented. And, and hopefully that person that comes through the door does that. And what does that look like, the QPR brand? What does a QBR brand look like? I think you know we we stand for honesty. We stand for you know responsibility. We stand for culture, um, a good culture. So um, I think one of the one of the pleasing things that um, people say to me when they come to this training ground and they 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 walk away from it and they all say, "Well, your play, your players are a credit to your football club because they come through the door and if a player sees you, they'll come and shake mm -hmm. your hand." They'll say hello. They won't just walk past you in the, in the corridor. And I, and I think that's that's what we stand for because you know you, we're footballers, but we want to be good human beings as well. Mm -hmm. Well, we are ex-footballers, of course, <laughs> some of us. But you know, everyone around here, you know, I always say they're human beings. And one of the things I learned from my granddad when I was very very young, he used to say to me, "Son, there's no one in this world that's better than you. Mm. There should be. There's no one in this world that you're better than." Right. You know. So I've always lived by that. That philosophy, and wherever I go, that's 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 the person I am, and I I try to encourage that in other people as well. In terms of staying true to yourself, how do you, in your role, look to adapt, renew to the times? I'm imagining the culture type of player is very different from when you grew up to playing <laughs> to even when you started uh, almost a decade ago. Yeah, um, you have to adapt. You have to understand, and we we talk about it all the time in, in terms of you know what you, you, you used to be able to do in the dressing room and the way that you used to be able to talk to players in the dressing room has changed. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that side of things in football has changed, but that side in, in society has changed. Mm -hmm. So it's not just football, it's just the, the, the way the world has gone. You know, um, people communicate a lot differently now than they used to. Um, we never had mobile phones when, you know, in the early part of me being a footballer. Right. So... You know, we had to communicate by talking to each other and, and getting on with each other, you know. Um, we used to travel on a coach um, to most games and people play cards or they'd do whatever. 
now you see people with their headphones mm. and they're playing their own individual game. So, you know, you just have to adapt to, 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 to ways, the, the way society has changed it. And like I said, that, that societal change obviously impacts football as well. So we as, we as individuals have to adapt to that rather than them adapting to us. This will sound paradoxical, but do you think with experience, confidence in your, de- in your decisions grows or diminishes? As in the more you know type of scenario. When you're younger, you think you know it all. When you get older with experience, you know there's very, very much you don't know. How, how do you see that? I think you learn with experience, of course, and, and, and what you try to do is is pass those experiences down because, you know, I'm a father and um, there's certain things that I've gone through in life that I don't want my kids to go through. So if I don't want them to go through it, I can kind of like tell them about the pit stops mm-hmm. and the pitfalls, not pit stops, but the pitfalls that may come along in life. Now, they can take my advice or they don't take my advice they might not take my advice, but I'm going to still be there for them as a father. Um, I'm not saying I'm any anybody's father here at the football club, but I've gone through experiences in this game. Um, and some of the players come and talk to me sometimes. And I, I can give them a level of advice. They can overtake it or, right. <laughs> or they don't. But the one thing I always say to them, I'm never going to tell you anything that's going to harm you. Mm-hmm. You know, If you're coming to talk to me and I'm going to give you advice, it's only advice that I think will benefit you and not what I think will... Hindi you, because that's the last thing I want to do is Hindi you. Lastly, what does success look like for you? Success looks like for me, and uh, I think everyone else at the club would be us getting back into the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have a, a group of players that have some value. Um, so that's one part of success. But the ultimate goal for, for us would be to get back into the Premier League. And, you know, um, when I started the job, that was the goal. Um, uh, you know, whether we get there or not, that will always be the goal for me for us to get back to the Premier League. Bless. Thank you. Pleasure. Appreciate it.